We recap the LA Kings performance at the 2022 Rookie Faceoff in San Jose. Good news. There's a lot to be excited about. We'll break down how LA Kings young top players like Quentin Byfield, Brant Clark, and Martin Kromiak looked. Plus, look at some of the players that we didn't know much about that stood out. All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. It wasn't that long ago that I asked you guys to help me get to 500 subscribers. We are now at 586, so it looks like our goal of 600 by the end of the month is looking great. Thank you to all who have liked and subscribed. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked On LA Kings. I have worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For the past 20 plus years, I've been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL insider. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. The 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose has been completed. Much more on that coming up in a moment. Moment training camp opens in two days. This Wednesday, training camp opens up. We are nine days away from the Kings preseason opener against the Sharks and 22 days away from the LA Kings season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. Earlier today, the LA Kings wrapped up a fine showing at the 2022 rookie faceoff at the brand new Tech CU Arena in San Jose by handling the home team, the Sharks, uh, their only loss of the event, 3-0 shutout win for the LA Kings over the Sharks. King, Kings finish up the event with a 2-1 record. This after dropping the opening game against the Avalanche 3-2 on Friday, they bounce back with a 5-4 thrilling come-from-behind shootout win over the Golden Knights on Saturday. Let's start off with the best news. No one got hurt, although there were a couple of scary moments involving uh, King's rising star defenseman Brant Clark. Uh, He inexplicably took a cheap shot at the end of the Vegas game, right as regulation was expiring. One of the Vegas players uh, hit him in the head and shook him up. Uh, He was given a five-minute major on that. The Kings ended up getting a five-minute power play for the entire overtime. They didn't score on the power play, which is one of the few things that we could criticize the Kings uh, for in this event. Uh, but also Brent Clark took another cheap shot against the Sharks. He was skating into his own zone for a loose puck. He got pushed from behind into the boards awkwardly and hard. Uh, and he also blocked a shot with his glove uh, or, or the shot came off his glove and he had to kind of shake his hand a little bit. Uh, but uh, even though there were some close calls with Brant Clark, uh, it looks like he's no worse for wear other than maybe some bumps and bruises. But it looks like everyone came out of this event uh, healthy and ready for training camp. And that, frankly, is, is one of the most important things. Uh, but let's stick with Brant Clark. If there was a number one star for the L.A. Kings in this event, to me, it's Brant Clark. Uh, the 2021 first round pick, eighth overall, looked great. He finished uh, with four assists and had the clinching shootout goal after he took that cheap shot against the Vegas Golden Knights. So he shook it off and came out and made a beautiful, uh, beautiful five-hole uh, uh, goal score. If you The video is on Twitter. If you want to check it out, I retweeted it. Just a beautiful play uh, by Brant Clark. He played in all three games 
Uh, and I don't know, I don't know if they handed out like a most outstanding player of the tournament or anything like that. But if, if there is an award for that, uh, he certainly would be in the running uh, for that. Um, again, he played in all three games of the event, uh, and and he he is getting a long look, I think, by the organization to see if he's going to be with the LA Kings this season or if they're going to send him back to juniors because those are the two options for Brant Clark because of his age. Uh, if the Kings could, they would definitely love to send him to the AHL with the Ontario Reign, but unfortunately that is not an option. Nothing I saw indicated to me that he is not NHL ready. Now, he still has to show in the preseason and likely a nine-game NHL audition that he can do what he did in this rookie uh, face-off uh, at those other levels of play where the competition is going to get better, but but he didn't hurt himself. If, if that's if that's the goal of the LA Kings, to see what he can do at these different stages, if you will, uh, the rookie uh, classic, then training camp in the preseason, and then likely a nine-game audition uh, at the NHL level before they have to decide whether they're going to keep him or not, um, he passed the first test, uh, in my opinion. In my opinion, um, He looked great uh, at the point on the power play. Don't know if he'll get that kind of uh, uh, responsibility if he makes the Kings, but it's an option that they have. Um, cleared the puck uh, out of his own uh, skillfully. Um, he did a great job of setting up teammates. He clearly is a very good uh, handler of the puck. Um, he's a good passer. Uh, his shot is okay. Although, you know, it wasn't, he doesn't have like a blast of a, of a slap shot from the point, but he know he makes good decisions, uh, especially offensively. Uh, there were so many times where he would have the puck on his stick uh, and the Kings did have a lot of power play opportunities and, and he was on the power play a lot, but he knew when a player, when a teammate is in front of the net in a scoring area to where he would either get it to them on their stick or put it towards the net where they could get a chance at a rebound or a deflection. Uh, very skilled in that regard. He's not an overly physical guy as far as the defensive side, but he's good at positioning. He has good instincts. Uh, I think most importantly uh, for what the Kings want to do in their transition game, he knows to get the puck and get it out of the zone and heading the other way uh, offensively. He does a really good job in the transition game. Um, so I was really, really encouraged by what I saw uh, in Brant Clark, um, again, offensive defenseman, but responsible defensively. If there's one criticism of him and it's and you really got to look for a criticism, I mentioned this on Friday's show, sometimes he gets a little bit casual with the puck in that, especially like on his own blue line when he's got it in the offensive zone, he will kind of play with the puck a little bit and sometimes that can get him into a little bit of trouble and it could lead to an odd man rush going the other way if he turns it over. So I think he needs to be a little bit more cautious, but it's kind of a mistake born out of confidence, right? He knows he's good with the puck on his stick. So he's willing to hold on to it a little bit more. Maybe, uh, you know, instead of passing it and then getting it right back, he's willing to stick handle a little bit more, but those are things that can be learned. Those types of decisions, he'll get coached up. But again, the raw uh, ability is there for Brant Clark. Uh, this is really my first chance to get to see him uh, in game action. Um, I saw him at the development camp and there wasn't a lot. I only saw him in one scrimmage and there wasn't a lot in that one game that I saw, but this was my first chance to really get a good look at him. Again, he played in all three games. He played in all situations and I was incredibly impressed with Brant Clark and very excited for what the future holds for him, whether it's with the LA Kings this coming season or not. Maybe it's not. Maybe they do decide to send him back in, into juniors and say, and say, you know what, we'll let him over-ripen on the vine a little bit, and then we'll call him up next year or have him with Ontario next year. But again, 
everything I'm hearing is that the Kings are going to give him a serious look to see if he's ready to play at the NHL now this season. And again, he he's got opportunities to prove that that's where he needs to be. I'm sure that's where he wants to be. Um, and, and again, he passed the test in this rookie classic. I thought he looked fantastic. I thought he was the King's best player and very excited about the future. Brant Clark as advertised to me, um, in what he did in this event. Uh, my number two star at this event would be Quentin Byfield. And I was not enamored with his performance in the opening game of this event as some others appeared to be. Um, but he, I thought he was okay in the game on Friday. If you listen to the podcast on Friday, I talked about it. I thought he was okay, but he didn't wow me. And if you're the number two overall pick uh, in, in the draft recently and you're playing against this level of competition, I think you should wow me uh, every time you're, you're you know in a game on the ice. Uh, maybe not every shift, but you know what I'm saying. When it's all said and done, you add it all together and you're like, hey, he had a really good game. Well, in the final game, um, against San Jose, Quentin Byfield had a really good game. Um, he was active in every part of the ice. I loved his level of competition. Um, he won battles in the corners and set up teammates. Uh, he had two assists in this game, although officially on the score sheet, they only gave him one assist, but I'm, I'm almost positive that he had the primary assist on a, on a pass down the ice. It didn't connect, but the player ended up getting the puck and scoring. And then on the empty net goal at the end of the game, he had, I believe he had the secondary assist, but regardless, uh, great performance by Quentin Byfield. He was a beast in the faceoff circle, especially in important faceoffs, like in your offensive zone on the power play or in your defensive zone on the penalty kill. He did a great job with that. Um, you know, we've heard stories that he's bulked up this year and, and we talked about in his development, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, draft experts said. In, in taking a little bit more time with Quentin, Quentin Byfield, he was still growing into his frame and into his body. And again, what we've heard is he has put on more muscle. He's bulked up 10 to 15 pounds. And there was a moment in this tournament where he was lined up by a San Jose player to take a hit and he just braced himself and the Sharks player just bounced off him. So that's an encouraging sign uh, that Quentin Byfield's a little bit bigger and stronger uh, for this upcoming season. Um, just thought he had a fantastic uh, game number three. Uh, he only played in the first and the third game, um, but I was really, really encouraged by what I saw uh, with Quentin Byfield. Again, I think he needs to be the best player on the ice, considering the talent level he has shown, where he's picked in the draft. For him to go to this type of, of an event, he needs to be the best player on the ice, and he was, I thought, in this game number three uh, against the San Jose Sharks, and that bodes well for what we hope will be um, if not, if not a breakout season, a markedly better season for Quentin Byfield coming up this year, uh, he needs to be better. Uh, and I think he's going to be better. And this was, I think a decent first step in showing that he is going to have a better season. Um, like I said, he needs to stand out on the ice when he's playing in this type of, of an event. And hopefully this is encouraging. This gives him some confidence, shows him that when he plays with an edge and, uh, really is aggressive. Uh, and he can hold the puck in the zone and find teammates, uh, whether it's on the power play or just uh, five on five. Um, he certainly showed it, I thought, in this game number three. So if he would have played another game like he did on Friday in the opening game, I'd have been a little bit discouraged, frankly, but he didn't. He he showed up, uh, played great, um, and, and was the best player on the ice in game three. I think Brant Clark was the best player in the tournament for the Kings, but I thought Quentin Byfield was the best player on the ice in game number three, the three nothing shutout of the San Jose Sharks. Again, an encouraging sign for Quentin Byfield going into now training camp and the preseason 
and uh, the regular season. Hopefully he could just step up his game each step of the way and in route to having a, a fine season, his first really full season in the NHL uh, for the LA Kings. I'm going to tell you who my number three star of the event was for the LA Kings and also break down the rest of the roster in a moment. But first, I need to tell you about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so uh, let's get into my number three star of the event, uh, and that would be Martin Kromiak. And this was another guy I was really looking forward to seeing. I hadn't seen him play in any game action. Remember, he had the illness uh, and missed the World Junior Championships. He also didn't play because of that illness in the Kings Development Camp. So this is my first real game action to see. Uh, Martin Kromiak, and uh, super excited to see him in game number three paired up with Quentin Byfield. They didn't really connect that much, although they did look great on the power play as far as the way they moved the puck uh, with Brant Clark, Quentin Byfield, and Martin Kromiak on the power play. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch them just move it around. Unfortunately, it didn't really result in in, in a goal, um, but just the way they moved the puck, it was it was impressive to see. Uh, Kromiak didn't, uh, uh, didn't play in the first game, but boy, did he play in the second game and really shined in that one, uh, showing the scoring touch that had him score 44 goals in the OHL last season. Uh, he had back-to-back goals in the third period to help the Kings rally, tie the game, send it into overtime, and then eventually win in the shootout over Vegas. Uh, he looks very comfortable with the puck on his stick. He looks like he's an absolute sniper, um, especially uh, a guy that can perform on the power play. Again, if you're an Ontario Rain fan or if you go out to any Rain games this coming season, I think you're going to really enjoy seeing Martin Kromiak in all levels, but especially on the power play. There was in game number two, Jordan Spence, the only game that he played. He and Kromiak were were out there together and uh, they had a lot of chemistry moving the puck back and forth. There's cross ice passes, getting goaltenders moving side to side so you can throw a shot on net. Uh, and get make good things happen. I think uh, I think he's going to do a very good job on the power play, especially uh, for the Ontario Reign this coming season. Uh, and, and didn't show any of the effects of that illness that I mentioned earlier that kept him out of the World Juniors and out of the Kings Development Camp. Uh, there was a report that he had a virus and that he had lost like 15 pounds. Uh, so I was curious uh, how his endurance would be, how his stamina would be coming into this event. And uh, he looked great. I didn't see any effects whatsoever of him being fatigued or slowing down uh, as the games went along. No, absolutely not. Um, This guy is a sniper. He's got great scoring touch. We saw it with those two goals in the span of like two minutes in that game number two in the third period uh, against Vegas. When, you know, that's one thing I will say, you know, uh, Brant Clark had some good numbers. Quentin Byfield had a great game three of the, of the event and a couple of assists, but we, I mean, the, the name of the game is putting the puck in the net. Uh, and and I think we we would like to see Quentin Byfield be a little bit more of a finisher. Uh, Martin Kromiak looks like a guy who's not going to have any issues being a finisher. He's got a great scoring touch. He can pick a corner. And uh, those two goals he had against Vegas, uh, especially in key moments, like I said, down two goals in the third, and he scores back-to-back goals to tie it up, help them eventually get the win in the shootout. Uh, I'm really excited to see Martin Kromiak. I heard a lot of great things about him. Um, and, and yeah, he'll be in Ontario this year. And uh, – he should do. Uh, he should do very well. I, I would guess, and we'll see him 
I would think with the LA Kings, uh, if he continues to, you know, trend in the way that he's going um, in the next couple seasons, uh, he showed that kind of ability. I mean, I don't want to go jump off too, too big of a, of a clip here, I guess, with my excitement. But, you know, that when you see these events and with younger players, who are the guys that really jump off the ice when you watch them? And like I said, Brant Clark, Quentin Byfield, and Martin Kromiak were the three guys that really jumped off the ice uh, to me. As for some of the other players that you are likely familiar with uh, in some sense, we talked about defenseman Jordan Spence a, a moment ago. Uh, he saw action in the NHL last year. He's going to start the season, barring some catastrophic injuries in the preseason, uh, with the Ontario Reign in the AHL. He only played one game, but looked very solid in his uh, one performance in game number two against Vegas. Very comfortable with the puck on his stick. Uh, again, a great quarterback on the power play. Could see him doing that at the NHL level here in the in the near future. Uh, forward Akil Thomas played the final two games of this uh, event, games two and three. He had an assist. He also scored in the shootout win over Vegas. Um, I thought he stood out on the power play, putting himself in good scoring positions with the puck being moved around the perimeter by guys like Brant Clark and Quentin Byfield and Martin Kromiak. Uh, and he would put himself in the high slot and be in great position for a pass or for a rebound. Uh, so Akil Thomas not afraid to go into kind of those high traffic areas. Um, Tyler Madden for the Kings finished with two assists. Wasn't a standout, but solid enough. Um, I like the en energy of forward Francesco Pinelli. He was flying around the ice, uh, finished with a goal and assist. He played in all three games for the Kings as one of their centers. Um, I was a little underwhelmed, to be honest, with two of the Kings players who recently played at the World Junior Championships. Uh, forward Samuel Hellenius, who played for Finland in the WJC I mean, he stands out because of how huge he is. I mean, he's 6'6". His wingspan is unbelievable. Uh, the stick he plays with is probably as tall as I am. I'm 5'10". Uh, it, the, the reach he has with his stick and the, the amount of space he can cover to poke check and things like that is is pretty amazing. I, I, you almost kind of hope he was a defenseman in some ways. But as a center, uh, he still is pretty raw. Um, he's not quite as physical as I would like him to be with that big frame. Um, but but not bad. He didn't have a bad tournament, but he, like I said, he certainly caught your attention skating on the ice at, at that size. And also defenseman Helga Granz um, from Sweden. I thought he was okay. Um, I expected a little bit more out of it. Not spectacular, but he was okay. Um, clearly not at the level of a Brant Clark or a Jordan Spence, but a kind of a second level defenseman um, at this event. Up next, we're going to tell you about a few LA Kings that I was not familiar with, and maybe you are not familiar with, that uh, that played well at the rookie faceoff. Uh, but just a reminder that the Locked On NHL podcast has you covered for all of your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts from the Locked On NHL channel, breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Let's close out our recap of the 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose for the LA Kings by telling about some players that uh, played well that I didn't know much about. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, but we'll start with forward Taylor Ward. Uh, he played 16 games for the Ontario Reign last season after a four-year career at the Nebraska Omaha. Uh, he finished with two goals in the tournament and looked solid uh, playing in games one and two. Uh, he was signed by the Reign as a free agent, so an encouraging tournament for him as I'm sure we'll see him on Ontario in Ontario again this year, um, A2 Johnson, uh, a seventh-round pick out of Finland by the Kings in 2020, had a couple of goals and an assist, playing all three games on the top line uh, for the LA Kings. So he was paired up with Quentin Byfield and Akil Thomas and Martin Kromiak on occasion. Uh, he looked pretty good. 
Uh, James Stefan, uh, a camp invitee from Laguna Beach, uh, played two of the three games. He had a beautiful unassisted goal in game three where he outmuscled the Shark defender and put a beautiful backhand shot top corner of the net. That was uh, the, probably the prettiest goal of the tournament for the LA Kings. Uh, Bennett Rossmi was a camp invite from Germany. He had a goal playing in all three games for the LA Kings. I should mention the goaltenders, uh, Jacob Ingham and um, David Rennick were the two goalies for the Kings at this event. Uh, Ingham started games one and three. Uh, Rennick started game two and then came off the bench to finish up halfway through game number three. I thought that Ingham was a little bit better uh, than Rennick, although neither one was spectacular. Neither one was also um, bad. Uh, I thought they were both okay. Um, they did combine for a 19-save shutout in that 3 nothing win in the finale against San Jose. I think this could be the tandem that we see uh, with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits this season. That's the new Kings ECHL affiliate. I don't think either of these guys are going to see significant time in the AHL. Um, I think that's going to be Matt Valalta and Phoenix Copley, but but we'll see. Um, not spectacular, but solid performances, I thought, from Jacob Ingham and David Rennick. Um, I thought it was also really fun for me and hopefully for you, if you watched or if you're listening to this, to get um, familiar with some names that I didn't know about, like uh, Brett Kemp, uh, Justin Knockbauer, Tyler Inamoto, Landon Crozier, and Kim Nosiainen. It was also, frankly, just good to see Caleb Lawrence on the ice, the Kings seventh round pick in 2020. And this was mentioned on the broadcast. Uh, if you watched it uh, with uh, Daryl Evans and also with Josh Schaefer calling the play by play on the YouTube broadcast, uh, Caleb Lawrence has played two games in two years because of COVID and a very serious shoulder injury that he suffered. So he literally played one more game this in the past four days than he's played in two years. So this is a guy that's just need, needs to get some ice time. Uh, he's going to go back and play in juniors again this year. Um, but he got through it, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure feeling feeling good about the, the opportunity just to get back out on the ice and play some hockey coming uh, off of, uh, again, that major shoulder issue. Uh, so he hasn't played a lot of hockey, and, and that's a guy, again, the Kings have, you know, they've, they've drafted a few quote-unquote projects who have showed some ability uh, recently, but for whatever reason maybe uh, slid down the draft board in this case because of an injury. So just good to see him out on the ice and and getting his career uh, back going, but uh, good to get uh, acquainted with some of these guys. I feel like honestly, I'm a more uh, informed Kings fan. Uh, if I, you know, if we're watching or if we're looking at the box scores for the Ontario rain uh, this coming season, I'm not going to be unfamiliar with some of these names. So that was pretty cool. As far as the overall performance as a team for the LA Kings in this tournament, I thought they got better as the tournament went along, which makes sense. I mean, it's not like these guys, uh, some of them haven't played together before. So you would think it would take some time, but it's good to see that progression as it went along. Uh, one thing the Kings did not do well was uh, on the power play. Uh, they were two for 14 uh, and included a five minute um, uh, power play in an entire overtime period against Vegas uh, where they did not score a goal. Uh, fortunately they, they did score uh, two goals in the shootout to get the win, but you go five minutes of uh, power play time and you can't score a goal. It's, uh, it's not too good. However, uh, the specialty teams were a tale of good and bad. The Kings were perfect on the penalty kill. They killed off all 12 penalties that they committed in the tournament. I mentioned earlier, uh, Josh Schaefer was the play-by-play -play man for these three games. He is the Ontario Reigns play-by-play -play man. 
so obviously he was on site there in San Jose, and he is scheduled to join us this coming Wednesday uh, to talk about the 2022 rookie faceoff and also the outlook for the Ontario Reign coming up this season. So we are very much looking forward to that, talking with Josh Schaefer this coming Wednesday about this event, what he saw uh, with his calls on the ice, and again, uh, what some of these players are going to do for the Ontario Reign and hopefully the LA Kings in the near future as well. By the way, if you missed any of these games and you still want to watch them, I believe they are arch- archived on YouTube. So I think if you search for them uh, on YouTube, you can find them if you want to go back and, and watch some of the things that I talked about. Hey, to keep up to date with this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at Locked on LA Kings. If you'd like to send me an email for our Friday feedback show or, or anything else uh, at any time, it doesn't have to be about that. It could be just feedback about the show. Uh, I'd love to get your emails. Uh, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. That's E-D-D-I-E. Locked on Eddie at gmail.com. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Uh, stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. That's Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I am Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this is Locked on LA Kings. As we close out the show, I always remind you, go Kings go.